Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. G'day and welcome to Magic Round, or the NRL Weekend Wrap, because this isn't actually Magic Round. Magic Round's finished. And today, like, I would have loved to go, but today's one of the days where I'm glad I didn't go, because if I did, I imagine today, there'd be a lot of people on this Monday feeling very, very rough. After a long haul, everyone gathered in one place, Brisbane, love myself, some magic rounds so the weekend wrap today we're going to be doing all things magic round and if you haven't heard the podcast before uh, i'll try to keep it somewhat short there's a few things i'll get into given that it's a significant round on the rugby league calendar Uh, but what's in store for today i'll keep it pretty simple we're going to start off with the performance highlights uh, player of the round team of the round things like that if you've listened before you'll know exactly what i'm talking about Uh, Then after that, I'll talk about all eight games. I've written some notes, uh, but I'll try to keep it to a few minutes each game. Now, the weekly preview is sometimes a bit longer, but yeah, weekend wrap. I try to wrap it up comprehensively, Uh, and I'll mention the parts I don't want to miss, but already I'm blabbling, you know? Already I'm wasting time uh, talking about random shit, so what's in store? Performance highlights? I'll talk about all eight games across the round. I won't talk about Newcastle Knights. They had the bye. They went to Bali, some of them. Uh, but they had the bye. So it's uh, it's the bye. It's off, off limits. I'm just not going to talk about the Bali thing. Because, yeah, I don't know enough. I don't know their side of the story, the players. I can understand fans' frustrations and the club's frustrations. Uh, But they have the bye, so I'm going to say goodbye to that topic. And then I'll finish the podcast. I'm just going to look at the ladder. Now, it's fluctuating more than ever, given how strong the competition is. Uh, Much, much smaller gap between the best sides and the worst. And if you want any evidence of that, just look at last weekend. Tigers beat the Panthers. Now Tigers, back-to-back winners. Uh, So I'll talk about them later but we've got those three things performance highlights all eight games and a ladder check and then we'll sign off so there we go it's been three minutes it's time to get amongst it it's time to launch straight into it and let's start with the magic round performance highlight as always performance highlights proudly sponsored by no one no one's sponsoring. So if you want to sponsor, I mean, hit me up. But sponsored by fucking nothing, which is nice. This is kind of one of the good parts about just having a low-key podcast at this stage. Um, I can just get straight into it. And one of the reasons I started a rugby league podcast was because I wanted to talk about the games because there's so much other shit that goes on that gets talk- talked about. So I was like, I want to talk more just the excitement around the actual action. Again, I'm just blabbling on, so we'll talk about the actual action, and we'll start with the performance highlights. Who were the magician? 
across the round who was working some magic uh, well as always you can also find the performance highlights posted on our instagram uh or not ugh, my gosh what the fuck can't can't speak if you've listened to the podcast before you'd know you would know if this is your first time uh disregard disregard that player of the round for magic round and he is a magician cody walker now this was a tough choice dylan edwards was also in the running a lot of guys had some pretty magical games uh, but one of the things i also look at is strength of the opposition and that melbourne storm rabbitos game was probably the marquee i mean it was on the saturday night it was probably the big game melbourne storm proving that they are still up to the task of winning a premiership uh, but going into that game it was the bunnies who were blazing they were rolling in with a ton of momentum uh, but we've seen in the last couple of years and also earlier this year uh, sometimes they struggle to get up after a couple of big games and they can be a bit flat they were anything but Latrell and cody walker combining to just absolutely shred the melbourne storm in such a big game uh, with all the fans of every club there except the knights maybe knights fans could have gone to Bali, uh, but Cody Walker, he was my player of the round. Now, at the start of the year, um, like probably just coming off a shortened preseason and just working his way into the year, uh, but the main talking point was kind of how teams could get under his skin and kind of rattle him and get him annoyed, and then Rabbitohs would kind of suffer for that. But, I mean, he's got that under control. Cody Walker is killing it. This is not his first time being player of the round in the performance highlights, and he's only just getting started uh, as far as this season goes. He and Luttrell are only just warming up as the second phase of this competition begins, and they've taken their game to the next level that's required. Uh, they're big game players, so look, they, they're not going to settle for anything other than a premiership this year. Cody Walker player of the round for his performance against the storm now team of the round my team of magic round here's 13 magicians so i don't name a bench i'm just like you know it's a lot of fucking thought even just doing a team of the round uh, another good thing about having a more low-key podcast is that i don't have comment sections full of people being like what about this guy or like what the fuck did you put this guy in your team uh, so I can just, I can put it out there and we can enjoy it for what it is. It is my team of the round. Fullback Dylan Edwards for the Penrith Panthers. Uh, as a Warriors fan, fuck him. As someone who has him in my Supercoach draft side, that was awesome. That was hectic. Dylan Edwards, arguably as important to Penrith Panthers premiership chances as Nathan Cleary, as Isaiah Yo. So Dylan Edwards, I mean, he, he's so consistent week in, week out, but the evolution of his game, it's like every, like once a month or something, he just turns on some fucking crazy performance like he did against the Warriors. Sad that he did it against us, uh, but yeah, he was undisputedly the fullback of the round. On the wings, left wing was quite difficult to choose. There were a few contenders. I thought Alex Johnston was awesome against the Storm, uh, but I went Alofi Khan Pereira. Scored a couple of tries, and Titans won by the slimmest of margins over the Eels. 
And that could, at the end of the season, be the difference between potentially Gold Coast playing finals and Eels missing out. So Alofi Khan Pereira had a couple of errors, uh, but mate, you make the team of the round. He was my one to watch for the Titans in the preseason. He's a try-scoring wizard, and that is magic. Now Sivo, he scored a hat-trick, but this is just my logic here. The Eels lost, so yeah, the Titans won. And Alofi scored a couple of tries. Good young player. Good young player starting to really establish himself as a first grader. And on the other wing, Brian Toto. Again, as a Warriors fan, go away, Brian. Ah, goodness gracious. Brian, he's so good. He's so damn good. Just warming up for Origin. And just, I mean, I could talk for so long about all the things that Brian Toto does. His work out of his own end uh, to make meters just every time. Like his kick returns are lethal. He, again, like Cleary, Yo, and Dylan Edwards, Brian Toto holds so much importance to Pen- uh, Penrith's premiership success. So it's a studded team. Toto on the wing for my team of the round. In the centers, I had Valence Tufuare, a new cult hero. Uh, I'm a fucking huge fan. I'm a Kiwi, so. So is he. He was a Waikato a rugby union player, played in the NPC, uh, and had no league experience. But the recruiting team, Wayne Bennett, everyone at the Dolphins, they saw something in this guy to convert him over to rugby league last year in the Queensland Cup. Just getting a look at this guy, a raw talent, with his first, like getting literally his first taste of rugby league at and pretty elite level Queensland Cup. Like he has played NPC, uh, which is probably a slightly higher level than the Queensland Cup in terms of rugby union and rugby league. But Queensland Cup in terms of rugby league is right under the NRL. Now, yes, there's a discrepancy, but the way Valence Tefade just picked the game up like that, he wasn't just performing in the Dolphins side last year. He was starring Queensland Cup, that is. So... He gets his debut, everyone was keen to see it, he scores a double, and the Dolphins ravage the Sharks. So just a huge night overall, this is not the last we'll see of him, it's the first we'll see of Valence Tefade. Going forward, he is a huge part of this Dolphins culture, and I mean, that was that was just an epic moment in Magic Round. You could say that it was magic. My other centre of the round, Matt Timoko. Huge fan of his work. Uh, he was just outstanding with ball in hand up against the Bulldogs. Made 200 meters, I think it was. And he's just a spark. He's such a good young player. And they've taken their time. They didn't just rush him from the juniors when he was killing it a couple of years ago straight into the side. So he's taken time to learn his craft. And as someone like Raiders in my second team, as someone that's followed Timoko closely, uh, this is the player I think a lot of Raiders fans thought and felt he could be. But it's taken some time. Like defense, there are things he's had to learn along the way. But now we're starting to get the product where it's not just potential anymore. He's actually playing to his potential and has so much room to grow. So I just thought he was huge for the Canberra side. Not just this week, but in recent weeks, whilst they've been on a winning streak Matt Tomoko and Val Meninga. Valence Tefare, 
centers in the team of the round. In the halves, player of the round, Cody Walker, 5'8". And halfback, I've gone Jaden Sullivan. Now, this was a huge talking point. I didn't really touch on it. I think news dropped like just after I'd recorded my preview podcast for Magic Round. Uh, but Jaden Sullivan off the bench, Ben Hunt moves into hooker. And look, these very performance highlights, I'll finish with a knocking on the door, which is a player in reserve grade that's been knocking on the door for first grade with their performances. And twice already this season, Jaden Sullivan has been the knocking on the door nomination. So that's across both Queensland Cup and New South Wales Cup. Someone who is just the standout player to come into the NRL and that they are above reserve grade level and it's time to give them a crack. Well, Jaden Sullivan, he's been nominated twice, scores two tries. Now, Dragons lose, but that was the biggest talking point. Other than Anthony Griffin and his job security, Jaden Sullivan has been, I think he produced five try assists, one when he was nominated for knocking on the door the first time, and then he produced four try assists. So he's very creative. And I just spoke before about Matt Tomoko, uh, how, yeah, like he had so much potential and now he's living up to it. Jaden Sullivan is one of those guys for the longest time. He won a Curry knockout when he was still a teenager. I'm pretty sure, and was like the standout player across the competition a few years ago. So he's been in the Dragon system. I'm pretty fairly sure he might have won an SG Ball Cup. Maybe not. He might not have been involved in that side that Teletau Amon was. Can't be fucked fact-checking. I'm not that huge on the Dragons. Uh, but I've been following Jaden Sullivan's, Sullivan's career uh, for quite a few years now. And it's like... When are you going to pull the trigger? So that, along with Anthony Griffin, along with Ben Hunt, I mean, there's a fucking pretty chaotic scene going on at the Dragons. But Jaden Sullivan, halfback in the team of the round. I know he came off the bench, but the Dragons lost that one. And if Jaden Sullivan has a quiet game, the biggest thing coming out of the weekend is that decision to move Ben Hunt. And I saw James Hooper on 360 being like, Oh, you're going to lose Ben Hunt. Oh, clubs are lining up for Ben Hunt. And it's like, maybe, just maybe, yes, Ben Hunt is their best player. But fuck, Jaden Sullivan, when are you going to give this guy a go? He's been in the system. Now, Ben Hunt has spoken before and made a very fair point that you should bide your time, uh, that Jaden should bide his time. Ben Hunt had to do that very thing at the Broncos. Played number 14, played dummy half for a while, and paid his dues. So there's an argument, uh, but there's a lot of talk around the Dragons. If they lose, which they did, and Sullivan has a quiet game, then the talk intensifies. Well, in this case, the talk intensifies, but it intensifies in the case of Jaden Sullivan having to just, you've got to go with him. Now, there will be times across the road where Teletower Moan and Jaden Sullivan will make some errors. But I think, fuck it, like, they, all the signs in their development has looked like they're going to be superstars. And that's the biggest thing with Anthony Griffin. There's this thing with these young superstars like Tyrell Sloan, Zach Lomax, who was dropped for this loss, uh, which is another big talking point. 
Griffin, one of the things he was signed for and something he'd built up at the Broncos and the Panthers was his willingness to give young players a go, which he'd done in his journey. He was even the Broncos under-20s coach when they won the Holden Cup or Toyota Cup, uh, that a team that had like Ben Hunt. I know it had Josh Hoffman. I can't fucking remember who else, Josh McGuire. Um, but yeah, it's just not, it's just not quite happening. And now it's like, well, what if there's another coach out there and if the Dragons actually get their fucking shit together and sign the right guy where you can, you can just play these young guys. You've got the Fagai twins. And I don't know, I just see it from like, even if you have to go backwards to go forwards, look, Ben Hunt, clearly the best player. But if the likes of like a Ben Hunt and maybe a couple of others go, then... You don't have to pay your Jaden Sullivans, your Ramones, your Sloans as much at this stage and keep some experienced guys within the team. But yeah, I think Dragons need to find a proper number nine as well. Like just the guy at number nine. And maybe if you're going to go with Sullivan and Amone and Tyrell Sloan, maybe you sign an experienced nine. Now you could argue Ben Hunt. Uh, but... Fuck it, like if Ben Hunt goes somewhere else and someone pays him a million, spend half that, spend three quarters of that, get a really solid hooker, use a little bit to upgrade some of these young guys. So yeah, I think Anthony Griffin out the door. I've met him before, really nice guy. So I don't, never like to see a bloke lose his job. But yeah, the Dragons thing's just a mess. But fucking Jaden Sullivan, give him a go. It's taken me like 20 years to explain that, but Jaden Sullivan, halfback in the team of the round, Payne Haas in the front row, Tino Fasua Malaawe, both of them were hugely influential, and they'll be going head-to-head around state of origin time. Jeremy Marshall King at dummy half, probably one of the signings of the season that no one's talking about as much, Jer- or maybe people are, and I'm just not hearing it, uh, but Jeremy Marshall King, what a signing he's been for the Dolphins. The importance of a number nine. I literally just spoke about that with the Dragons. Like, imagine if Dragons had signed Jeremy Marshall King. You know, but Dolphins, they get him after he leaves the Bulldogs and just, he's gone to that next level under Wayne Bennett. This seems like a case of a classic Wayne Bennett coaching play. Like, you get Jeremy Marshall King, who last year was probably in career best form for Canterbury. And you just work some Wayne Bennett magic. And now Jeremy Marshall King, like, if Brandon Smith goes down, there's no doubt Jeremy Marshall King would be the New Zealand number nine if there's a test match coming up. So Jeremy Marshall King in my team of the round. Dolphins, they could be there during finals. They are showing us something that we've never seen before. And we've never seen this side before. At least not this version. They've dropped Redcliffe. They are the Dolphins. They've got a crew together, and what a crew it is. Jeremy Marshall King, nobody touches the ball more than JMK, and he's in the side. Uh, Tino Payne in the front row, as I said. David Fafita, having an awesome season. I think he definitely makes the origin side for Queensland. And Jacob Preston, a double against the Raiders. What a find. Right now, probably the front runner for Rookie of the Year, alongside Isaiah Katoa. And Lock Ford was difficult. I thought Reuben Cotter 
was enormous. Uh, Isaiah Yo played really well, but I've gone with my guy, Torhu Harris, made nearly 50 tackles against the Panthers, and in the preview podcast for Magic Round, I spoke about his importance coming back into the side as a Warriors fan, uh, and just how much he adds with his ball playing. He had a try assist in this game, and he was just such a hard worker. So I'll go through my team of the round quickly. Dylan Edwards, Brian To'o, Valens Tefade, Matt Timoko, Alofi Khan Pereira. In the halves, Cody Walker and Jaden Sullivan. Front row combination, Payne Haas, Jeremy Marshall-King, Tino Fasuamalaawe, David Fafita and Preston Mania, Presto Mania. Jacob Preston in the back row and my guy, Tohu Harris. Magic moment from the round. That would be fins up. Dolphins smash Cronulla. They didn't just beat them, they smashed them. And we keep seeing them win in different ways. This time they come out and just smash the Sharks. In the battle of the fins up. The Dolphins, the fins up. They own it. That should be a thing. However, well, Dolphins, they already own it. They've, they've stolen that term from the Sharks. And now they've beaten them. I mean, Sharks are premiership favorite. One of them. Dolphins, I just, I don't know how far they can go. It's now like, I don't know. I'm just not going to put a ceiling on it and just enjoy it for what it is. Dolphins are fucking awesome. I'm loving this. Magic moment. Dolphins smash Cronella. Fins up, baby. Uh, what else have we bloody got? A couple more things. Magic milestone. Wayne Bennett, 900. 900 games coached. Uh, that's your magic milestone right there. I have already talked for a fair bit. I know that's what a podcast is about, but I could talk about age. I mean, 900 games. There's a lot to talk about with Wayne Bennett, but I mean, Dolphins. He's coaching Dolphins now. They smash the Sharks in game 900. He's still got it, Wayne. He's still at the absolute top of his game. Unbelievable. That's a magic moment. Talking point, glory, glory to South Sydney. They're killing it. They are absolutely dominating right now. Not just dominating, but dominating the best sides in the competition. That's got to be the talking point. Good fucking hell. What's happening to my throat there? Uh, that's got to be the talking point. Penrith, obviously, still the favourites. Uh, but on this run, Rabbitohs have beaten them. And they are the form side of the competition. No doubt about that. That's the talking point. South Sydney, they're humming. They're looking more and more likely to really just break that fucking run and finally get that elusive premiership. As for the Rising Star nomination, I went with Valence Tefuare. I spoke a bit about him before. He also made the team of the round. Now, with Ewan Aitken injuring his hamstring and Brenko Lee not fit for this game, I think we see Valence again next round. Uh, and he's a Rising Star for sure. He's a personality that fans, fans already love. They loved him before he'd even played a game. And after that debut, who knows how far this kid could go. So rising star nomination, Valence Tefare. Tough stuff, Torhu Harris. Spoke about his effort before. He was enormous. And finally, knocking on the door. It's not a bad segment. Usually it's kind of accurate. Uh, we see these guys step, to, step up to first grade. So knocking on the door this round, I went with... Blake Taff. Had to think about that. Blake Taff played really well in the New South Wales Cup for the Rabbitohs. Uh, he's got versatility. 
Now, I just spoke about Rabbitohs. They are the Premiership favourites, uh, but still. Blake Taff, if there is an injury, potentially in the halves or to Luttrell at fullback or at origin whilst Luttrell's missing, Blake Taff, he's proving at New South Wales Cup level that he's got the right stuff. Yes, there are things he could work on to become a better first grader, but there's no better arena for Blake Taff to develop than the NRL. So as soon as an opportunity presents itself, here is a player that is knocking on the door. It is the Rabbitohs, Blake Taff. Those were the performance highlights though, as always, sponsored by no one, and also sponsored by no one, uh, the wrap of all eight games. So now, let's get amongst it, all the games from Magic Rap. Kicking off the festivities, the Canberra Raiders up against the Bulldogs. Uh, Raiders getting it done, high scoring affair, 34 to 30. That's now four straight wins for the Canberra side. Whilst the Dogs, they're down in the dumps a little bit at the moment, even though they had a huge win last weekend. But there are all the signs that Bulldogs are there on an upward trajectory. So I think Bulldogs fans will continue to be encouraged by the way this side shows up. And when they have their best team on the park, they could compete with anyone. So Bulldogs, exciting times. But this game belonged to the Raiders, who they're having a bit of a redemption. After a really, really crappy start to the season, then they get pumped, 53 points put on them against the Panthers. And since that point, four straight wins for Canberra. So credit to Ricky Stewart. They've also had to navigate the turbulent Jack Whiten situation, uh, but their run starts by beating the latter leaders in the Brisbane Broncos at this same venue of Suncorp Stadium. Then they beat the Dragons. Then Raiders, they have a bye. Crucial time. They've got confidence, a bit of belief. They can collect themselves. Then against the Dolphins, a side who beat them earlier this season, a one-point win. Jamal Fogarty stepping up. And now a 34-30 win up against the Bulldogs. So Raiders starting to get rolling. Jordan Rapiner with a double. Uh, Jared Croker was unbelievable. Matt Tomoko making my team of the round. Uh, but Bulldogs, look, an entertaining opener. The Doggies showed plenty of spirit, but I'm liking what I see from Canberra. Now going into this season, my preseason prediction was that Raiders could be the dark horse of this competition to go all the way. Now the Jack White and Saga, all this other stuff, the start to the season was awful. And I thought, wow, I couldn't have been more wrong. But they're building. Now it's not quite the finished product, but they are building something here. So now I'm back on, I'm back on the train. Uh, they are my second team. My dad supports them. He's from Canberra. I'm from New Zealand. So go for the Warriors, but have always grown up supporting the Raiders in every single game except against the Warriors. So I've felt the pain that Raiders fans feel and especially that grand final against the Roosters. So now it's really the end of an era, but they've got a side. They've got a dark horse side that can trouble teams in September. Uh, now I'll start with the back line and most importantly as well, this is the end of an era coming up at the Raiders. Now, Josh Hodgson has already moved on. He was a huge part of that. Even the English contingent 
really off the top of my head it's only Elliot Whitehead now Ryan Sutton gone uh, the legendary Jordan Turner left pretty early into his stay John Bateman now at the Tigers uh, George Williams he was a huge loss uh, he's gone back to England so yeah that English contingent that whole thing is less of a part they're bringing some really good juniors through uh, but Jared Croker looks like it, it will be his last season four wins four games four wins for Jared Croker so this run for Canberra has coincided with the influential captain returning to the side so that's worth noting Jordan Rapiner he's been playing very well uh, but I do wonder if they'll move him on at the end of the season uh, at some point they're gonna have to bring one of these other good young kids through guys like Albert Hopawate, James Schiller, Harley Smith Shields, Brad Morcos, Chevy Stewart, Semi Valme they got they got a fair few guys to fit in so it could be maybe Jordan Rapiner's last year uh, Jared Croker it is Jack Whiten's last season uh, then you've got Josh Papali'i a club legend but hasn't tasted premiership success now he's not going anywhere but he's in the twilight of his career so this in terms of this whole era for the Raiders the Jared Croker era Jack Whiten coming into the mix a few years later Josh Papali'i this unbelievable edge back rower who transitioned into one of the best front rowers in the world the best front rower in the world at one point no doubt he has been a legend for Queensland he's played for Samoa he's played for the Australian Kangaroos the only thing left is to win that premiership and in the process he's passing on the torch to Joseph Tarpanay to be that next guy which he's already living up to so it's the end of an era but there are some exciting young kids still to come uh, and I mean guys like Elliot Whitehead still around Hudson Young Corey Horsburgh both of them were unbelievable in this game both of them pressing their case very hard for a spot in state of origin uh, so it, it's an unbelievable time right now at the Canberra Raiders and it could go either way it really could they could be the dark horses of the competition or they could drop their bundle but four straight wins they're starting to play the footy that we know they can they can put the Jack Whiten situation behind them and focus on this season I mean there will be a serious added motivation Jack Whiten leaving the club Jared Croker you would have to assume this is his last season and it's already become clear how much he means to the side I already know how much he means to the fans but the side the team they were the ones that said to Ricky Stewart we want we want Croaks back so he had to work unbelievably hard toiled in the reserve grade for the last couple of seasons and here he is so yeah there's a lot going on at Canberra but it, it's a good run they're starting to build up great work from Ricky Stewart and my theme my theme for this podcast if you listen to the last weekend's podcast uh, the first third of the competition for me is round one to nine and that's complete so I was speaking about how magic round is the beginning of phase two there's three phases and then the fourth phase sorry if this is confusing terminology the fourth phase is finals and like trying to win a premiership but phase one rounds one to nine phase two magic round through origin 
Phase three begins uh, after Origin, leading into the finals, end of the regular season, and phase four, you're going for that premiership. And along each phase, you need to lift. And then let's throw a fifth phase in there, the grand final. So along each step of the way, you need to actually lift your game to the next level. So you'd have to say probably the least important phase, although still important to have a good start, is the first phase of the competition, which is now behind us. So now this is crunch time. This is really now where premierships are won and lost from now all the way through to the grand final. And it all kicks off with magic round. Everyone in one place. I mean, just an epic weekend of footy. Raiders, who knows, can they be in the mix? The ladder is fluctuating like crazy. So to get some consistency, to build up some wins, that's what they want. And now, like I said, theme, next level for the Bulldogs. Well, let me just go back to the phases. So we're stage two, Magic Round kicks it all off. And I was saying in the preview podcast, now sides need to go to that next level because there's going to be a challenging origin period um, and a few other things along the way. So now the first third of the competition was behind us, but it didn't have all the excitement around origin all the excitement around Magic Round, all the excitement around finals. So now the competition, if there are five gears, you need to win a premiership. We've seen what every team has in gear one. This is now gear two. And with Origin around the corner, it really heats up. Players, after a shorter preseason, they're starting to get fit and they are starting to fire. Uh, So it's a very exciting time. And as far as the next level, It began in Magic Round. Now Bulldogs, as far as their next level, I think this year there's going to be a lot of growth. But 2024, I say it all the time, that is when I think Bulldogs will be able to go to that next level overall. And for the Raiders, this was a good start. I mean, they did concede 30 points, but Dogs were up for it. And a win is a win. So Canberra Raiders, they've lifted to that next level. But I would say, like, if I broke it down into the five levels, you need to get to five to win the premiership. Right now, they're showing good level two shit, but it's like, I don't know if they have what's required to keep continuing to lift their game to the absolute top level that's required to win a premiership. So that's where they are at. But very encouraging signs. Four game win streak. And that's that game. Congratulations to the green machine and now let's get on to the friday night Alrighty, after explaining my rogue five phase five phases of the comp phase two magic round next level who's got that next level in them broncos a lot of eyes on them they got belted by south last weekend and after falling off last year, look around this time last year, they were still humming. So phase two, next level, the game must be lifted. Broncos, they did that. Now there were some errors in that game, especially across the back line. But the beauty of this second phase with Origin and everything is there are challenges, but there's also time to iron these things out, to work out where you need to improve. And also... With Origin and with some players missing, you get a chance to keep an eye on some of your players in the top 30 
and how they're performing in the lower grades and who's ready to be that next man up because we hear about it all the time, next man up mentality. Uh, Now for the Brisbane Broncos, this, this was an epic win. They just, first half it was over. They beat the Manly Seagulls, uh, who it's a home game for the Manly, but they play at Suncorp Stadium. I believe it's a money thing because it's just a bigger crowd. It's like a sold-out Suncorp crowd. Uh, but essentially for the game, Broncos was just a first-half blitz. Proved far too much for the Seagulls. Seagulls only try scorer Trebojevic of the Ben variety. No Jake Trebojevic in this game. Paired with Payne Huss. Returning, I mean, that was probably the game changer, although comprehensive, 32 to 6. So, Manly, yeah, they, it's hard to tell because it points there in the top four, but the way the ladder is fluctuating, there are so many teams who could go either way. And as I split the competition into five phases, I've also split the comp into three tiers tier one, premiership contenders, tier three, are probably out of the mix for finals this year. Tier 2, in the mix for finals, probably don't have them as premiership contenders, uh, but they're in the mix most definitely for finals. Now, Seagulls, they are Tier 2, don't have them as premiership contenders in the mix for finals. Broncos I have in Tier 1, but they might be the most likely of the bunch not to go all the way. I think I have about 7 in the genuine premiership contender bracket. But Broncos are still first place, and look, if they finish in the top two, and they play home games at Suncorp during finals, they're they're a fucking good team. As far as the next level, they've shown they can go to this next level, and interesting coaching battle. Kevin Walters couldn't be doing a better job up against Anthony Seabold, a man who goes down in Broncos history, uh, but he's doing a good job at the Seagulls, it seeps, but yeah, that... That's a matchup. That's a matchup. Seabold versus the Broncos. Broncos fans would probably have like PTSD even when they just showed Anthony Seabold in the Manly Coaches box. They'd be like, oh my god. Broncos, the Premiership era. Anyway, the big challenge for both of these sides is going to be the origin period. Now, Jake Trebojevic, he's out for a little bit. He's a huge loss and he could have been playing origin. Maybe now he misses out. Tom Trebojevic, if he's fit, he won't miss out on origin. And so that's interesting for a player that Manly rely on so heavily. Turbo's also going to have to get through a grueling origin series. They're going to be without their captain, Daly Cherry Evans. They could very well be missing Hamole Olakawatu. Uh, maybe even Lachlan Croker gets selected for New South Wales. Um, but yeah, they're going to be without some players. And that's tough because of where they are on the ladder. I mean, if they drop a couple of games, it, it's going to be a very challenging period. But especially so for the ladder leaders, the Brisbane Broncos, whose challenge is to not just kill it up to this point. The challenge is to maintain a consistent standard of excellence that leads to a premiership. And that, for a lot of these players, is going to include getting through origin. It's going to include, as it almost always has, Baby Broncos having to step up during the origin time, uh, during the buy rounds and such. Now, here are some players that Brisbane could be without. And I've spoken before uh, about 
four players in particular, three players probably the most in particular, that Brisbane just, like right now they're at that next level, but they drop below the next level without like literally just a single one of these players, Adam Reynolds, Payne Haas, Patrick Harrigan. So that is the challenge. They're going to be missing Payne Haas through Origin. They're going to be missing Payne Harrigan. Payne Harrigan? <laughs> Who the fuck is that guy? Holy fuck. Okay, Payne Harrigan. Uh, look, I don't know. He may not get selected, to be honest. Maybe he'll be part of the Broncos. Payne Harrigan. Uh, Pat Carrigan and Payne Haas. The fuck, I can't. I just can't get past Payne Harrigan. You reckon there's a guy? There's got to be at least one person out there named Payne Carrigan. Uh, but, yeah, Carrigan and Haas, they're going to be without Capewell, probably without Selwyn Cobbo, might even be without Tom Flegler. And Queensland, they'll call Reese Walsh into camp. Not sure if he'll play. Uh, but, yes, Origin is going to be tricky. I will say one thing. Reese Walsh, either way, whether he plays or whether he doesn't, Going into Queensland camp and working with Billy Slater, you want to talk about taking your game to that next level? This is a huge opportunity. So Brisbane, yes, there will be some adversity, especially for their star, for their leader, Payne Harrigan. But Reese Walsh, what a signing he's been. Come over from my side, the Warriors. Sadness, uh, but we're getting RTS back. and We've got chance, so I'm happy now. Uh, but Reese Walsh, he's taken his game. To a new level this year and I just think there's more to come from him had something like 13 tackle breaks he was just so electric in this game so was Selwyn Cobbo they are the fullback options and I think just that that signing of Reese Walsh has complemented this whole side perfectly that's been what's helped take them uh, up to the top of the ladder so Reese Walsh huge signing uh, and yeah, a few guys, they may be missing through Origin. But as far as this first part of the season, and now second starting with Magic Round, you couldn't really ask for much more. They're top of the table. So now, we saw like Penrith last couple of the years, where they were dominating a couple of times through Origin. They would rest guys, because they could afford to. So Broncos, there's potential if they can just continue this standard that they'll have those luxuries. Last year, Salwan Cobber, toward the back end, rested in a crucial game. Well, maybe they'll find a place, if he plays Origin, to rest him at less crucial times, or they'll be able to afford to, and things like that. So, there's a lot to come for Broncos. They are in Tier 1, though. I have them as Premiership contenders. Great young squad. I mean, on paper, just the players they have, there is still there's still a lot to work on if they want to be premiership contenders, but they got they got a lot of premiership worthy guys throughout that team. Now Manly tier two, interested to see what's to come from them. But Broncos, absolute shellacking in this one. They were the dominant side and magic round. All four Queensland teams getting up. I think three of them were upsets. Yeah, three of them upsets. Broncos, the only favourites. And they played like the favourites too. And they finish round 10 on top of the competition. Huge for the Brisbane Broncos. But now, let's get in to the Saturday triple header. Because it's going to be mad. Kicking us off on the magical Saturday, 
Panthers defeat the Warriors. Uh, damn, in my my case, but yeah, I mean, admirable performance, no doubt. Eighteen to six winners. Adam Fanua Blake in a very great patch of form. He is killing it for us at the moment, keeping us alive in the finals race. Uh, but Dylan Edwards, Brian Toto, Spencer Lanier, all playing starring roles, all scoring tries, and Penrith, they just showed their class. Warriors, three straight games against the top of the crop. We didn't win any of them. And yeah, we've, we've just got a lesson. I'm not too concerned. We just got a lesson uh, about what level you have to play at to beat the classiest sides in the competition. So Penrith, just too good uh, in that game. Best on ground. I had Dylan Edwards, 257 running meters. He scored a try, produced a try assist, had two line breaks and eight tackle breaks. Uh, yeah, so he just gave the Warriors nightmares. We weren't really able to contain Edwards and he just, he burnt us a number of times. And then Penrith, that's what they needed to really get on the front foot. And it sets us up for a nice game between the Panthers and the Roosters in round 11. Uh, but back to the Panthers, some other guys, some influential leaders who played a huge role in not just this win, but also their back-to-back premierships. James Fisher-Harris returning alongside Moses Leota in the middle. Now Fisher-Harris, in terms of their front row, uh, excluding the lock forward position, the front row, James Fisher-Harris is the heart and soul of that forward pack. Throw in Leota, who in Fisher-Harris's absence, Leota has stood up and been that guy. Uh, so it's a huge wrap to him. Then you have Isaiah Yo. All three were incredible in this game. And all three together, it, it lifts Penrith to that premiership level that we know them for now. Uh, so they were huge. They're the next level leaders. And they have an established 1, 6, and 7. Edwards, Luai, and Cleary played a ton of footy together. But now the dummy half position without Arpi Karasau. This is a point... They have plenty of time to work it out, but Mitch Kenny has been starting. Sonny Luke has looked awesome during limited opportunities, uh, but it is interesting to see what, what, what's going to happen there. The number nine is probably that one position right now uh, that, yeah, unlike the one, six, and seven, it's not quite established. So going forward now, as this competition lifts into the next gear, Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke, that's their challenge. I'd like to see Sonny Luke get more minutes, but if he doesn't, Mitch Kenny, I think maybe this just gives him a good solid amount of time in the early stages of the season to establish combinations. Now, he did start for the first 20 minutes or so toward the back end of last year, and even in the grand final, but this could just be an effort to make sure Mitch Kenny, his halves, Isaiah Yo. Dylan Edwards, and everyone in the side are on the same page. And then as the season goes on, I'd love to see Sonny Luke injected more. I think a lot of us would. Uh, but the dummy half rotation, that is something going forward that I'll continue to keep an eye on. But I back both of those guys to be able to work it out and be a premiership number nine. Uh, which technically, Mitch Kenny, <clears throat> fucking hell. I don't know where these ones are coming from today. Mitch Kenny is a uh, premiership winning nine already. On the Warriors side, Adam Fanua Blake, probably our best. Tohu Harris, his importance to the side, I've already spoken about. We need him. 
We need him if we want to play finals. Uh, his ball playing through the mid- middle, his toughness, I believe he made 48 tackles in this game, and I don't think he had any errors. So Torhe Harris, we missed him when he went off injured against the Melbourne Storm. That's when they started to get on top of us. But at the start of that game, it was three guys in particular, Jazz Tavanga, Adam Fanua Blake, and Torhu Harris. Then when we have our first choice halves fit, Dylan Walker as well through the middle off the bench. Throw in Mitch Barnett, who's still to come back as well. I really like at full strength, which is the challenge for the Warriors. But at full strength, I really like our middle stocks. And even though we're probably one elite first grader middle forward uh, short, it's giving opportunities to guys like Sifakula, who did make a stupid error and get sent off during the game, and Tom Arley, which I don't mind. And we've got some young guys in the middle who are killing it at New South Wales Cup level. So I actually don't mind having that 17 jersey for a guy like Tom Arley uh, to learn his craft because he's earned it. He's put in, uh, he's paid his dues, essentially, Tom Arley, gone through some injuries. Uh, but once Mitch Barnett is back, once Jazz Tavanga, we're missing him a lot. Once they're back, once Dylan Walker is in that number 14, Fanua Blake and Torhu Harris, we need them. We absolutely need them. Uh, that, that's a forward rotation that can take us a long, long way. That's a top eight combination right there. So that's where I'm at with the Warriors looking forward. Halfback battle in this one. Former Warriors ball boy, Nathan Cleary. I thought both the halfbacks were awesome in this game. Sean Johnson just continues to have probably his best Warriors season ever, including 2011, because this is a refined uh, Sean Johnson who has seen now some winters, no doubt, and some tough times. But what I love about guys like Sean Johnson and Chance Nicole Klukstad is that you know, and they've said uh, how much it would mean to them to win a premiership with the Warriors. So it counts for a lot. He's now playing Back at home in New Zealand, Sean Johnson, he's with his family. He's had time to settle back into the side. And under Andrew Webster, uh, it's just so good to see how Sean's playing. And speaking of Andrew Webster, of course, the coaching link. Andrew Webster, an assistant coach, as part of the uh, Panthers' premiership reign. He was there last year, uh, but now he's back at the Warriors, where he was formerly an assistant. Ivan Cleary, himself a former Warriors coach took us to the 2011 Grand Final. It has been very lean times since Cleary left. But now, it looks like we may have that next guy to take us to success in Andrew Webster. So there's a few links with the coaches, the halfbacks, a couple of the players, of course, Fisher, Harrison, Leota, Kiwi Internationals up against the New Zealand Warriors. And Panthers, look, I'd say Rabbitohs, the front runners based on form, but there's no doubt about it, the Penrith Panthers, back-to-back defending premiers, they are still the team to beat. There is an origin period ahead, so that was a very timely win for them. They're going to be missing Brian Toto, Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, Isaiah Yo. Now, Cleary and Luai in particular, uh, that's huge to have your halves combination out. Now, Dylan Edwards, it's hugely important. I think he'll, he won't get selected for origin so it's hugely important that he's fit because we've seen, funnily enough, he might be the most influential player. Like when they miss Dylan Edwards, they tend to drop 
below premiership level. So they'll need him during origin period and it gives him a chance to shine, but no Cleary or presumably Luai. The backup in the halves, Jack Cogger. They've brought him over. He was actually in Nathan Cleary's age group on the come up and he was considered the superior half. It, it, half, half, fucking crikey, blimey, what the shit. Uh, he was considered the superior guy in the younger age groups. It was Jack Cogger and Brock Lamb, funnily enough, uh, two Knights guys, two Newcastle boys. Uh, but Nathan Cleary has overtaken Jack Cogger. Uh, but that's a really sound signing. Like, if they can get the best out of him, like Sean O'Sullivan, I think someone else the year before Sean O'Sullivan, Tarun May, uh, these guys who play that next guy up role. But Sean O'Sullivan, a great example last year. Panthers didn't miss too much when they were missing a Luai or a Cleary. So in this case, it'll be a big opportunity for Jack Cogger. And maybe Jack Cole, who has a bit of Matt Burton about him, can play in the centres as well. I, I wonder whether they're ready to pull the trigger on Jack Cole. Uh, at some stage, they'll probably have to call on him. So interested to see what which of these young guys gets to play during the origin period. Tom Jenkins looks like a certainty. We've already seen a bit of Liam Henry. Uh, but yeah, state of origin. It's going to be challenging to navigate. Now, in terms of selections, Liam Martin, I would say, would be a lock for the Blues. But he's had lingering hamstring issues. We're so close to origin that I think he may... He may get left out just for this one, but maybe they'll say, like, look at game two, get yourself as close to 100% as possible. But Liam Martin, fit, would have to be in the best 17 for New South Wales. And Stephen Crichton played last year, started on the bench in game one, worked his way into the back line. I don't know if he gets selected. Campbell Graham ahead of him, uh, Tom Trebojevic, Latrell Mitchell... Brian Toto, his teammate, probably even Swalee. I'd say that's quite even at the moment. So Stephen Crichton, they'll probably have him during the origin period, but there's a couple of guys within the three games who could definitely get a call-up. So Panthers, well, they won all four competitions last year in the men's group, the major ones. So it's like, I see it as a positive. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. It will be very hard for them. But, yeah, I think we're ready. Like, we're seeing a lot of these young Panthers leave because their path to first grade is blocked. So this is actually a great time to bring them in. you got to give them a go at some point. And that's what Panthers are all about. So Jack Coggett, Jack Cole, I expect to see them. Uh, must win game for maybe both teams. Panthers not so much, but going into this Origin series, if they can beat the Roosters, then like I said, in previous couple of seasons... They've been able to afford to rest key players at certain stages. So that will really shore them up in terms of ladder position for the short term. Whilst Warriors, after losing three straight games to top teams, we need to take that experience into what is a must-win game next weekend in Sydney. Uh, We're going up against the Bulldogs. We've beaten them before, but this game worries me a lot. Dogs, the last couple of weeks... They, they're starting to lift. They're starting to produce some really strong competitive footy. And yeah, I'm, I'm very worried about this game. And it's a game we have to win. The ladder, it's moving. And we are dropping down from top four 
We are now 11th. So we need to just get ourselves back on track. We need to. But Bulldogs will be desperate to get back on track themselves. They, they kind of have to win the dogs to keep in touch with the finals race. But yeah, it looks more like 2024 for them. But they are not thinking like that. So massive danger game ahead for the Warriors. Marquee game ahead for Penrith. And of course, this game included sin bins, some incidents, some ill-discipline. Meh, it's magic round. So let's get on to the next game. The fins were up all over the place. I saw the world's longest fin. It was unbelievable. Fins up. Wayne Bennett's 900th game as coach. It is time to get in to the Dolphins thrashing the Cronulla Shark. Fins up, baby. Holy heckers. Dolphins just came out and absolutely trounced the Sharks. Fifth minute, Isaiah Katoa try. 16th minute, Hammer scores a try. 22nd minute, Valence Tefade. 26th minute, Connolly Lemuelu. 31st minute, Tessie New. This is all before Ronaldo Mulatalo scores the first try for the Sharks. Then Kennedy scores before half time. And there was an inkling like maybe Cronulla, the best attacking team uh, in the competition, can, can get back in the game. But they just couldn't in the second half. They just couldn't hold, like, couldn't hold the ball. They couldn't execute when they had shots at scoring. And Dolphins just ran out to too much of a lead at the start. So the magic continues. The Dolphins are the gift that keeps on giving. That was just an absolutely sensational win. Wayne Bennett now, probably front runner for Coach of the Year. And I think greatest coach of all time. I, I really do. Now, the podcast is just under an hour, so... I can't go into my justification because it would take a while, 900 games to cover. But I think he's the greatest coach of all the t- uh, of all the times. And I think he's coach of the year as things stand. Look, he just gets the best out of an entire team. Look at guys like Connolly Lemuelu, career best form. Jermaine Azarko, who was struggling at the uh, Titans and Broncos, is killing it. Jared Wallace, killing it. Valens Tefuare debuts a rugby union convert like Wayne Bennett they this would make a fantastic movie this would make a fucking awesome movie I really think just yeah putting that out there uh unbelievable scenes as well magic round all four Queensland teams getting up and Dolphins well represented a lot of Dolphins fans didn't even know they existed they shot out to the massive lead and Sharkies were just all over the place could not chase them down. Now Cronulla, they are the best attacking team in the competition, but when it comes to the five levels it requires to become a premiership winner, coming from a guy with zero NRL premierships to his name, defense is the true key. So you can be the best attacking team. We've seen sides like the Parramatta Eels 2001 be these absolute phenoms in attack but fall agonizingly short. Defense is the true key, and the Sharks know this. Nico Hines, their star player, was coached by Craig Bellamy. Craig Fitzgibbon is a defensive mastermind, so I assure you, they know this. They're already working on it. Uh, But yeah, best attack in the comp. Defensively, that was quite alarming, what the Dolphins did to them there. Considering I have Sharks 
in my top tier of the competition. But it's just, it's NRL 2023. Anyone can beat anyone. And dolphins just show up. They just show up every single weekend. That's what's so fantastic about them. And it is getting them wins more often than not. They just show up, they compete. Wayne Bennett, Christian Wolf, Ben Teo, Nathan Fiend, everyone at the Dolphins, what they are doing is epic. I'd love to see a movie on that. Uh, I saw as well, just side note, there's a guy, uh, Sam McDonald, I think his name is, maybe not. He's an Australian comedian. He's fucking funny. He was doing some videos on Instagram, like going into office works and being like, and uh, hey, to like the person behind the counter, did you know they're making an Officeworks movie? And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, they're making an Officeworks movie. And they're just like baffled. And then he goes into Guzman Gomez and he's like, have you guys heard they're making a Guzman and Gomez movie? And they're like, so yeah, I'd love, I'm going to rock up to Dolphins training. And they're like, Wayne Bennett, did you know they're making a Dolphins movie? I would love to see a Dolphins movie about this that would be epic with actors because i know they've done like a stand sport thing but i'd like to see actors i I would like to see the casting would be fun there anyway nico hines where does he fit into the blue setup looks like jerome luai is going to be the 5'8 and i do wonder api coruscant damian cook are they gonna roll with that combination again surely nico has to be the number 14 but we saw last year the Blues, they switched their, their game plan to kind of do what Queensland were doing. They were starting with Ben Hunt, bringing Harry Grant off the bench. Arpy off the bench is super dangerous, but then, like, surely he can play the full 80, because I would actually think Arpy should be ahead in the race for the dummy half position. But it's that fact that Damian Cook probably has the more, like, fucking... I'm trying to think of a way to articulate it. Probably has the better all-round 80-minute game if you want to carry Nico Hines, who could play dummy half, uh, but he's probably... like I think there would just be too much outrage and criticism if they started that first 20 minutes with Hines and brought RP off the bench. So where does Hines fit in? That, that That's a wait and see. That's a wait and see. I'm just fucking speculating too much, so we'll see what Brad Fittler actually chooses to do, but it's a huge decision. Now, Cody Nicarima, there was talk once Dolphins started to face some injuries, adversity, that then they were just going to fully shit the bed. Well, their halves have taken a hit. They've had a few different injuries. Ewan Ewan Hamstring. I'm making up some good names today. Payne Harrigan and Ewan Hamstring. Two guys that if they talked to you at a fucking bar, you'd be like, Sorry, guys. I'm going elsewhere. Payne Harrigan and Ewan Hamstring. Ewan Hamstring? If I met a guy called Ewan Hamstring, it would be a struggle not to laugh. But I don't imagine he would announce himself or introduce himself like, g'day, Ewan Hamstring. He'd probably just say Ewan. But anyway, anyway, I'm trying to keep it short format. What the fuck? Uh, Ewan Hamstring does his Aitken. Yes. Uh, Aitken hamstring injury. He was killing it as well. Uh, but Valens Tefare just means we get to see more of the big fella. Dolphins also have a bye next round, so that's good for my man Ewan Hamstring, former warrior. So is Cody Nikarima, who's really stepped up. Like, Katoa has been faultless all year. I've been a huge fan of Isaiah Katoa, but 
it's been good for him to have an experienced half. He's had Milford, he's had Sean O'Sullivan, but Nicarima stepped up in this game. Two try assists. When Ewan Hamstring went down, uh, Nicarima had to go into the centres and they brought Milford off the bench. Uh, and Nicarima, he doesn't seem to be kicking stones. He had to play, started the year at fullback for the Queensland Capris in the Q Cup. He wasn't a part of the Dolphins' initial best 17. He certainly wasn't part of their best halves combo. He wasn't their number 9. They even went with Kurt Donahue ahead of him to start the season. Then Jeremy Marshall King gets suspended. We see Nicarima, after starting the year in reserve grade, playing fullback. He plays a bit of number 9 for the Dolphins. Then they have some halves injuries. He really steps up in the halves, like does a fantastic job. Defence, he could always work on, but he's a smaller body. So Cody Nicarima, I've been hugely impressed with his versatility. Then moving out to the centres in this game. Good get for the Dolphins. Very versatile. Same as my man Ewan uh, Hamstring. No stranger to the back row. Hamstring gets into his work. Both sides, uh, next level. Spoken a bit about the next level. Dolphins, there you go. Like, oh, yep, first third of the competition was great. Could they go to the next level? They fucking did. They did. Cronulla Sharks were sitting like second or something. Cronulla Sharks were all the buzz. And Dolphins blitzed them. They scored five tries in the first half. Like, they absolutely just came out of the gates and were like, fins up. Our fins are up. Fuck your fins. Our fins are up. So, look, Cronulla... I know they have this next level in them. Whether they have the full levels that it requires to go all the way to the Premiership remains to be seen. Last weekend, I would have said yes. But after a performance like this, it kind of exposes some things in their game that is holding them back from being a Premiership outfit. And that we saw last year, it kind of reared its head. They finished in the top four, but then they lost to the Cowboys and the Rabbitohs. So they kind of got exposed against the elite teams in big games. Uh, so that could be a bit of a worry, but one loss is not the be-all and end-all. My main question is, how are the Sharkies going to respond next weekend up against the Sea Eagles, who themselves will be looking for a response? Uh, but lastly, on the Dolphins, a lot of talk around the player market, their signings. Namely, missing out on big-time players. I tell you what, the way they're going this year, and they've already signed Josh Kerr, Herbie Farnworth, Tom Flegler for next year, but the way that Wayne Bennett has got this side going from the word go, because one of the things was like, what if Cameron Munster comes over and this side is just like dwelling at the bottom of the ladder and all those things? Well, the team they have now, I mean, everything you are seeing if you're a player in the NRL coming off contract, if the Dolphins inquire about you, now you have to take them seriously. And if you're a big-time player, which Herbie Farnworth is, Tom Flegler has potential to really become that. Uh, if you're a big-time player, now I think you look at the Dolphins as a destination where it's like, boom, I can win a premiership here within my career, maybe a couple. I think it's especially appealing to young players, and then the fact is, the experienced guys are doing their job right now. They have the Dolphins 
in the mix for the finals, in the mix, if we're not going to put a ceiling on them, for the Premiership. Now, they're in my second tier. I don't have them as Premiership contenders, but every single game, they just prove me wrong. Like, I, what I think about the Dolphins, or what I think I know about the Dolphins, I truly don't. So now I'm just not going to put a cap on them. Uh, but it's a huge bargaining chip to bring in these X-Factor players, these game breakers, by saying, look at how this team is performing. And I know there's some talk of like, Wayne Bennett moves on in a couple of years, Christian Wolf comes in. Oh, like the Wayne Bennett factor. Christian Wolf's fucking a part of this right now. Look at Jason Demetrio, who bided his time and how he's going at the Rabbitohs. And Christian Wolf, I've always rated as a coach. He's won Super League premierships now. He has the Tongan connection. So going forward with the Pacific percentage of players in the competition, that is a bargaining chip. So with what you lose from Wayne Bennett, well, Christian Wolf will have potential to talk to all of the best Tongan players and say, come play along alongside some fellow Tongans, the likes of Felice Kafusi, Isaiah Katoa. I mean, look at Tonga. They're a, they're a star-studded lineup. So Christian Wolf will take over, but just this season alone will prove to be a huge bargaining chip to say, you in fact can come to this club and be hugely successful and if they can entice just that one big name player to come to their club already i just i don't know how far they can go i'm starting to become a real believer in the dolphins sharks huge assignment they passed it with flying colors and yeah congratulations to the dolphins my fins are up i'm putting the fin up the fin is 100% 100% up. Uh, and that's that game. Shout out to Hewan Hamstring. Get well soon. Just traded him in Supercoach Draft. So Hewan Hamstring, come back soon. Uh, but take care of it. Hamstring, thinking about it, honestly, my hamstrings are fine, but it made it made me wince. I thought about, like, oh, what would it be like if I did my hamstring right now? And I was like, oh. So I was like, you know, just take your time, Hewan. Get back. Get back when you can. Uh, but yeah, the fin's up. No doubt about that. Unbelievable. Wayne Bennett, 900 games. Valence Tefare, one game. From top to bottom, Dolphins, A-plus right now. Uh, but let's get on to the marquee game of the round. The game probably with the most in- attention on it in terms of premiership calculations. They met before earlier this season at a core stadium, Melbourne Storm, beating the South Sydney Rabbitohs and they met again Saturday night at Magic Round and the Rabbitohs, well didn't they turn the tables, let's get amongst it. The Rabbitohs trouncing Melbourne in the marquee Saturday night slot and based on current form, the Bunnies are the front runners for the Premiership and of course like I mentioned, Penrith must also be respected in that same conversation. Uh, But as far as South, their strength and conditioning has been perfect so far. Now the season, to start, they were a bit clunky, but that's to be expected. Uh, But they are fit and firing now, heading into the second phase of the competition, and they are easily the best performing team in the comp right now. Now, it's a high-stakes game, this one. It always is. 
They were coming off a loss earlier this season, but the Bunnies, in a game between two Premiership contenders, were so far and beyond better than their opposition. Like, the discrepancy was huge. And if Rabbitohs, like, one thing I was thinking about them a couple of weekends ago was, like, when they had, like, Sam Burgess and Adam Reynolds, and when they were going for that huge Premiership to break the drop, they always, like, their best chance at a Premiership is when they're playing from in front. Like, when they are the front runners and they're killing it. Because they were around that time period. And the last few years, they've been killing it. And they have been the form team at stages. But you'd have to say, like, Penrith were leading the pack. And at stages, like, the Melbourne Storm, Sydney Roosters. Uh, so, this is their chance. I think if South can maintain this form yeah they this looks like their best chance after a lot of years of just missing out to actually go all the way so interesting times uh strength and conditioning wise really impressed with the rabbitos uh and they're blazing three straight wins against the best sides in the competition south they beat penrith panthers at the death two tries in the final 10 minutes against the best defensive side of the last few years, a side that has had their number. In fact, when I speak about the Bunnies and not being the front runners, but always being one of the form teams, the only side that has bundled them out of the competition over the last few years has been the Penrith Panthers. Uh, so it was absolutely massive for belief and for confidence to see the side uh, just to do what they did in the last 10 minutes, come alive, they beat the Panthers at the death, then they smash the Brisbane Broncos, who are the latter leaders and had only lost one game up to that point. And with Souths absolutely humming, they come out and beat the Melbourne Storm, benchmark team. Three straight wins, Panthers, Broncos, Storm, Bunnies. It's the talking point. They are leading the way in 2023. And massive respect to Tavita Totola. I believe his father passed. Uh, so for him to take the field and perform the way he did uh, was massive. Huge effort for his team in a week. Like, would be tough. To be, like, in the middle, you would have to, not just physically, but mentally get up for it. Because, like, you know that when you're going out there, you've got someone like Nelson Asofa Solomona trying to physically dominate you. So for Tavita Totola... His headspace would have been all over the place. For him to show up for his team the way he did is massive. And it's indicative of what a leader he's transformed into over the last few years at South Sydney. Funnily enough, uh, started his career at the West Tigers. Um, but yeah, South's getting the best out of Tavita Totola for the Storm. Uh, yeah, just a tough game. They're against the best side in the comp at the moment. Uh, but now they have to navigate the origin period. No Cameron Munster, no Harry Grant, no Christian Welch. So all hugely influential players. Storm will lose a ton when those guys aren't on the park. And potentially Xavier Coates plays on the wing for Queensland as well. So they'll be without some guys. And they've lost a huge void of leadership and experience in their team with the Bromwich brothers, Hectic Cheese, uh, Felice Cafusi. Uh, so yeah, it's a new era at the club, no doubt. And 
they're, they're going to have to pick some guys. Like, there are a lot of fringe guys in the Storm's top 30, which is interesting. So, And they're all pretty good players, pretty handy players. So, yeah, it's going to just have to be next man up mentality. One thing that I do think helps the Storm's premiership chances is Craig Bellamy. It could be his last season. I think that is like such motivation for these players to lift and go out on top. Uh, but we'll see. Next coach frontrunner would be Jason Riles. I think if Bellyache goes, Jason Riles will get the job. Notable statistics and moments. Harry Grant, 53 tackles. Ton of work. Going to have to be doing that during Origin. And someone, I wonder if he'll get named for Origin. Maybe not. But he's definitely in the mix. Jai Arrow, 38 tackles. He was huge defensively for the Bunnies. And their middle forwards, especially with Nokion Kolomatangi on the edge, they've all taken their game to the next level. Tavita Totola, uh, Tom Burgess, Jai Arrow, Hame Sele has been one in career best form. They're really delivering bang for buck. Jacob Host on the edge uh, was very fantastic. Liam Knight, massive return. He's faced his battles to get back to this point. I thought he was outstanding. And of course, the leader of the pack, Cameron Murray. So they're coming along very nicely. Uh, what role does Cameron Murray play for New South Wales this year? Do they play him on the edge? Do they play him at lock forward? Yo probably starts. Uh, I honestly, uh, I don't know. It's tough, but I would think maybe you play him, you start him on the bench and just play him in the middle. If Isaiah Yo plays the full 80, just play Cameron Murray at prop. Like Payne Huss can play big minutes, so can Junior Paolo. Uh, but Cameron Murray, I think he's most effective through the middle. And I have a schmoky. I would love to see Hudson Young start in the back row for the Blues. Maybe Hudson Young and I had Liam Martin. But with his hamstring, maybe Cameron Murray, Hudson Young in the back row. And I'd have Halmoli, Olakowatu coming off the bench. I just think Hudson Young is made for origin. Uh, but let's get back to the Bunnies. Final thoughts. Latrell and Cody Walker. That is a premiership-worthy combination. Uh, throw in Damian Cook and Lachlan Ilias. It's an elite spine. The good thing with Ilias, too, is that he's young. Because if you still had Reynolds, the danger is coming off this hugely successful period. Cody Walker, Damian Cook, both late bloomers. I uh, said so they debuted at an older age. So now already they're at the latter stage of their career. Uh, so, and Reynolds has won a premiership. These guys haven't, except Latrell, who's won two in the centres. But Lachlan Ilias, like with Adam Reynolds, there's potential that he, Damian Cook, Cody Walker, could all leave within like two years, like this two-year span. Uh, so if they did, then it's like, holy shit, they could be, I mean, to have your whole spine, like a hit like that, could really set a club back. So now they've got fucking... Jack Whiten in the mix as well. But Lachlan Ilias, now they're starting to shore up their options. But the key, the premiership key, Luttrell and Cody Walker, they are fit, they are firing. And when I think of the footy, when I think of magic, I think of these two guys. Cody Walker, player of the round. Uh, but that is it for that one. South, they're the front runners at the moment. They Right now, if the competition's in Phase 2, they're probably playing some Phase 3 footy. They are at an elite level, 
and I trust that they can maintain it. Yes, there'll be some losses along the way, uh, but they're experienced campaigners. They've shown time and time again that they have what it takes to make it to prelims, to grand finals, to qualify for the final series. Um, and yeah, I think I think they can maintain the standard. But if they don't, the one thing with the NRL is the ladder is fluctuating like fucking madness. But South's three straight wins form side of the competition. And that leads us in to a triple header. Now that is magical on a Sunday. Let's get amongst it. All right, 18-16, Tigers back-to-back winners. How good? Really good as a neutral fan uh, to see Tigers starting to string. Bit of consistency, couple of good performances together, uh, and they just got it done. Penalty goal to Brandon Wakeham ultimately proved the difference, even though it was early on in the contest. Uh, I spoke about Jaden Sullivan for the Dragons a bit earlier at length, so I I won't go into that. There's more over the coming weeks uh, that will be talked about in regards to that situation. But 18-16, Tigers get the win. Anthony Griffin, the Dragons are just a mess of an organisation. Unfortunately, these awesome young kids, but just... Yeah, it's just a mess. Like, to be having this whole thing with the coach this early on in the season is just such a distraction. Such a distraction. It's hard. You need everyone on the same page. And they're all over the place. And they've got an awesome playing group. This isn't really even directed at their playing group or the coach, Anthony Griffin. Uh, But it's just not working. It's just not working. Both sides are in my third tier of the competition. I don't think either will play finals. But I did say for the Tigers, maybe just maybe. Not in similar fashion to Eels 2009. uh, With like a Jared Hayne freakish performance. But like maybe just maybe that they could start getting a run going from the bottom of the table. 18 to 16, I said they had to win this, and they did. 18 to 16, so Tigers now, we're starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Positives, positives are plenty, not so much for the Dragons. Great young players, Jaden Sullivan was a positive, but yeah, that's the whole Anthony Griffin thing, and just, it's more on the board. Yeah, I don't know. Can't be asked talking about that today. Can't be asked giving flowers to the Tigers. Great to see them winning back-to-back games. Luke Brooks has been fantastic. Their forwards, especially without John Bateman here, I thought Dave Clemmer, back-to-back phenomenal games. Alex Twal is so consistent. Jareen Buller. How about Jareen Buller? Last weekend's Rising Star nomination, 180 run meters. Uh, Junior Tupo. It just feels like to start the year, they didn't know what their best side was, but now they're starting to work it out. So I'm enjoying this little underdog run that the Tigers are producing. Uh, And going forward, who knows? An underdog run could be on the cards. If they can go three wins in a row, then it becomes a genuine reality. I think Tigers have the players to the point where the competition's so even and the ladder fluctuates. They can't afford to lose. Like, this second phase of the competition, they have to... They just have to go on a big winning streak if they want to possibly play finals. Uh, But in the bigger picture, it's not so much 
about finals footy or premierships just yet, but positive signs, which is awesome, because fucking, I talked so much crap about the Tigers earlier this year, and it's not like I want to do it, but it was warranted. They were rubbish. And I'm an optimistic guy, I'm a happy guy, so happy to see them doing well. Massive win for the Tigers, a magic win for the Tigers, but they have to keep the run going. Let's get on to the penultimate game of the round though, uh, with another upset. Magic was in the air in Queensland, all four Queensland sides getting up. I did see this as a bit of a danger game. Uh, Cowboys 20, Roosters 6, Reuben Cotter, he was the standout in the Ford Pack. Uh, in the Ford Pack missing some really important names, Reuben Cotter up against an all-star lineup in the Roosters. He stuck it to their elite forwards. Chad Townsend, I thought, had a fantastic game. Roosters were awful. Roosters were awful. The halves combination did not get it done. Joey Manu and Luke Carey. So I do wonder, uh, do you move Billy Smith out, Joey Manu back into the centres, and uh, Sam Walker back in? Is it too early to get him back in? The halves in that one were atrocious, and they are elite, world-class players. Uh, so that was really disappointing all, all around from the Roosters. Uh, now, it's not the be-all, end-all. We'll wait and see. Uh, but yeah, highly disappointing. Cowboys, that was what we wanted to see from them. Chad Townsend, his best game of the season. And there's still potential. That could be the breakthrough win they needed. They've still got guys like Fel Holmes, Scott Drinkwater, Drinkwater, not Drinkwater, uh, Tom Dearden, Reese Robson, uh, and there are some guys to come back in, like Tal Malolo and Jeremiah Nanai. You also had Kuli Kefu Fuyaki on debut, so huge moment for him to debut for the Cowboys and get a win like that. 20-6 over the Roosters. Roosters scoring in the final two minutes, uh, but Cowboys shooting out to a 20 nil lead so this shows you anyone can beat anyone in this competition cowboys that was exactly what they needed and i had a feeling given that it kind of was a home game at suncorp stadium that yeah after the dolphins game this one and the titans became very real possibilities but cowboys had just been so poor that i thought that paired with the fact roosters going for a top four position uh, that that would end up getting Roosters over the line. But Cowboys, for every moment of that contest, they were the better team. And on paper, that shouldn't be the case. So, epic win. Best on ground, I went with Reuben Cotter. And that led us in to the final game of Magic Round. Now, I will be honest, I was doing some UFC 288 content, and I was just editing and posting the podcast and doing a couple of other things. So this was the only game across the round that I didn't catch. God Coast Titans 26, Eels 24. That has Titans sitting inside the 8, and Eels finals chances in jeopardy. Uh, so Mike Acevo scored a hat-trick, Alofi Khan Pereira, and Kieran Foran scoring doubles, but... Yeah, as far as the Eels, look, Dylan Brown starting to find his feet. Uh, now, he is essential to their success. They are missing Campbell Gillard. They'll miss Junior Paolo 
through Origin. By no certainty are the Eels going to make the top eight this year. Uh, this this is a loss that could really come back to bite them in the ass. And yeah, they let so many guys go, but most notably Reid Marnie. I don't know why they let him go. And look, Josh Hodgson and Brendan Hands are awesome, but they had a great team together that had cohesion. And now they're introducing new combinations. Reid Marnie's gone. Isaiah Papali'i's gone. Murata Niukore's gone. Oregon Kalfusi is gone. Uh, they've brought over Andrew Davey out of nowhere from the Bulldogs, former Eels player. And he played straight up, just started in the back row. Ryan Matteson off the bench. But yeah, for the team that the Eels have on paper, and I tell you what, it's not Clint Gutherson. Despite the X factor in this side, like King Gutho, like Sevo, like Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, Junior Paolo, Josh Hodgson, Ryan Matteson, Sean Lane, Jermaine Hopgood, Bryce Cartwright. There's plenty of X Factor there, but it's just... They're not a premiership contender. They're in my second tier of the competition. At, an, at a point where it is most essential for these guys to take their game to the next level, they lose again. And they have a great side, but yeah. Even if they make the top eight, I think they scrape in. I don't know if they're going to worry anyone come the final series. But happy to be proven wrong, like I have been with the Gold Coast Titans. So happy for Justin Holbrook. Seems like they're slowly but surely starting... It's all starting to come together because I've always felt like Justin Holbrook was a great coach. Kieran Foran was outstanding in this one. Two tries. You can see Manly Seagulls paying the price for letting him go. And last year, Gold Coast, they paid the price for letting an experienced halfback like Jamal Fogarty walk out the door. Uh, but they fixed that up. Now, dummy half was the other position they needed to sort out. Sam Verrills is the answer, but they haven't had Sam Verrills there. So Chris Randall comes into the side. He has been really, really solid, especially defensively. Chris Randall, a great signing for the club. Uh, Jaden Campbell with no Brimson, even talk if Foran was out that Campbell was going to play 5-8. So going forward in the next couple of years, he may not be featured every single round this year, uh, but over the next three to five years, Jaden Campbell, I reckon he's going to stay at the Gold Coast and he's going to be one of their absolute biggest players. Like He's going to be one of those guys that Gold Coast, who are still building their fan base. They've got a great fan base, but they're still building. They've only been around since 2007. Jaden Campbell is the kind of guy that can make kids in the area uh, of Gold Coast and beyond look at the Titans and say, this is my team. Like I'm going to come and attend games because I want to see Jaden Campbell do his thing in person. So he's getting some time in the fullback jersey. His father is a legend of the game in so many aspects for the Panthers, for the Sharks, I believe, uh, for Indigenous footy as well, created the All-Stars concept, and also importantly, a Gold Coast Titans legend. I know, didn't think there were any, but there are a fucking few, Matt Rogers. There's been a few Titans legends. Anthony LaFranchi, there's one for you. Uh, but Jaden Campbell, now's his time. So yeah, awesome to see him playing some footy. Interestingly as well, making his NRL debut off the bench, Keanu Kinney 
who himself over the next couple of years, I think there's going to be some real selection headaches because Keeney, he's going to be pushing for that fullback spot as well. Uh, Jaden Campbell, though, maybe we do start to see him play a little bit more 5-8. But Kieran Foran's the answer right now. Tana Boyd alongside him. I'm loving Tana finally having that chance to get an extended run and games under his belt alongside someone like Kieran Foran. Uh, so I've been loving Tana Boyd. I thought he had a phenomenal game here against Mitch Moses, his opposing halfback. So I thought the young halfback carried himself really well. And he did his job, which allowed Kieran Foran to really break the game open. Across the back line, you have excitement, some really young, talented players of the future, Enelofi Khan Pereira, Jojo Fafita. You've got Brian Kelly, uh, who had a great contribution, scored a try in this one. Philip Sammy, who himself is still young. Fucking hell. My cat scratches at the door every time I'm doing a podcast. Once his dinner, it is way be, uh, way before dinner time. He has a food addiction. Sorry, I know this is fucking off track, but he scratches at the door. And then I pause it because I'm trying to record. And then I open the door and they'd gone. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to recording. And then he starts scratching. But uh, I can't hear him now. So I'll continue. And if he scratches again, I'll let him in. But you've got Jojo Fafita, player of the future. Philip Sammy is still young. Atana Boyd still young, but the real game changer for the Gold Coast Titans, who right now sit in the top eight, Tino Fasuamalaawe up front, the captain, a young leader, such an elite forward. Like this guy is part of that next generation that are going to dominate the game for years to come. He has already got the captaincy. He's already a premiership winner with the Melbourne Storm. Tino Fasul Malawi, game changer. Malaki Fodawaka is back to his best form, which is origin worthy, no doubt. I uh, say so Mo Fodawaka, he is another game changer. And the biggest game changer of them all, David Fafita. They're starting to unlock David. He's in origin form himself. Uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing. He's not necessarily trying to provide that X factor with every touch. Uh, but it's all the finer details in his game that he's nailing down. So the forward pack of the Gold Coast Titans, that is my game changer. Sam Verrill's still to return as well, who's a game changer himself. But Chris Randall holding it down very well. You've got someone like Isaac Leo, uh, who's had such a huge part uh, in building the Roosters standards. And then on the bench, Aaron Clark, Cleese Haas, Joe Verner, Keanu Kinney. So massive win for the Titans. And in fact, that leads us perfectly into the last part of this podcast. Uh, and it'll be a quick part, but the ladder. Let's finish off talking about the NRL ladder after 10 rounds. In first place on 16 points, the only team on 16 points, eight wins, two losses, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, now, I'm not going to break down every team on the ladder because I've already spoken about them for about an hour and a half. But Broncos, still leading the way. Great young side. Uh, Rabbitohs in second place on 14 points. Uh, and as I said, they are probably the front runners now. They've probably got a more cohesive, polished, big game, experienced uh, outfit to the Rabbitohs 
than the Broncos at this stage, which is why I think their front run is. Panthers with the win over the Warriors shoot up to third. So there you have it. It's The ladder probably reflects where things are at right now. Broncos, Rabbitohs, and Panthers up top. But from Panthers in third all the way down to Raiders in ninth, everyone is on 12 points. That's why I think I'm going to start including the ladder in the end of the weekend rap podcasts. But just a quick breakdown because it's going to be fucking... Like, I could be talk for like 20 minutes about how the Titans are 7th and they could drop to like 15th, you know? Or I could spend time roasting the Eels about how shit they are and then they could come like 7th. So just a quick look at the ladder. But yeah, in terms of congestion, this these teams are like... They're all vying for spots, not just in the top eight, but the top four. Uh, so Panthers third, 12 points. Sharks fourth. That's a, a shit time loss. Shit time to lose, rather, uh, to the Dolphins, who are in fifth place on 12 points. So Dolphins fifth place. Who knows how far they can go? Storm on 12 points. So they lost to the Rabbitohs. And here they are now dropping down to sixth ahead of the origin period. Titans, back-to-back wins. They are now seventh place. So what looked a bit concerning a couple of weeks ago, they're seventh now. And like I said, some game changes in that outfit. Roost is eighth place. Some awesome performances this year. Some really average ones too, like the Cowboys game. They were going for a spot in the top four. Now they sit 8th, and last year we saw, like, they can't afford to have that poor a start in the middle of the season and just rest on the laurels that they have the best team on paper. They could still miss the 8, or they could be in the lower part, like last year, where they lost in week 1 of the finals. And then in ninth on 12th place, the Canberra Raiders on a run, they'll be wanting to play finals. So from 3rd to ninth, all those sides equal on 12 competition points. Then on 11 points, the Manly Sea Eagles. So that draw is gonna come into calculations. That could be the difference between them potentially getting themselves into the eight or just missing out. Right now they're just missing out on 11 points uh, behind a stack of teams, just one point. Then my beloved Warriors, three losses in a row against top top sides, but I'm still encouraged, but it is sad. It, it's sad. We were so high on the ladder. Now we're 11th on 10 points, though. So only one win outside of the top eight. That's what makes the Bulldogs game so crucial. Then in Bali, 12th position, actually moving up because of the buy. So maybe hold off, let them enjoy Bali. They're moving up the ladder. There's my cat again at the door. I feed him, I swear. It's like he has a food addiction. Uh, Knights on nine points. So they're three points out of the eight, that draw, they should have won that game against Manly. So that would have them a lot more in the mix. I mean, I think I can finish this ladder. My cat, can you just uh, chill out for a moment in the NRL ladder segment of this podcast? And then I won't feed you yet because it's not time, but the time will come. I can't feed him now or he, if I feed him now, then he goes crazy at night. Yeah. It's just the way it works. But the way the ladder works is that Knights need to win more. 12th place, but they're moving up. Enjoy Bali, fellas. Eels are moving down. Down. Eight points. Two wins 
Outside the eight, moving down, 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 Eels down, uh, eight points. So that's a big loss against the Titans. Eels have been very lackluster. Moving up, 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 Cowboys on eight points, keeping their season alive. Bulldogs in 15th on eight points. Season still alive, uh, but Warriors, Bulldogs. Make or break game for both sides. Really important in round 11, which of course, quick plug, uh, in a couple of days on Wednesday, I'll be releasing the round 11 preview podcast. So I'll be going through all the games. Our 16th place, Dragons. Anthony Griffin, ooh-ooh, uh-oh, spaghetti-o, Dragons 16th. Well, at least there's a 17th team now, so. That's the Tigers, though, who just beat the Dragons, and they're going on a bit of a run. They're on six competition points. Three wins outside the eight, but who knows? Who knows? They've got a good team. There's, there's a chance for an underdog run, and that's the ladder. That's the podcast. I think we can sign off there. It's been an hour and 40 minutes so i shan't keep you any longer thank you so much for listening and until the preview podcast that is it from me take care and enjoy the early part of your week and the whole week and the weekend enjoy the fucking enjoy it all <laughs>